This episode of the Gondrepreneur podcast is made possible by Arroya, a comprehensive cannabis production platform for commercial growers. If you are a commercial cannabis grower, you can use Arroya to level up your production workflow. Featuring a combination of precision instruments and powerful software that help you intelligently cultivate, dry, and process cannabis, the Arroya Cannabis Production Platform is your ticket to greater yields and consistent quality. Request a quote today online at arroya.io. That's A-R-O-Y-A dot I-O. Hi, I'm Kara Whitstock, culture editor at Gondrepreneur and host of our YouTube show, Fresh Cut. The best way to understand cannabis business is to speak directly to those who work within it. And Fresh Cut was created to shine recognition on the people who fill these roles. In this interview series, we focus on those with their hands in the dirt, both literally and figuratively, from cultivators to bud tenders, educators to advocates, activists to lobbyists. We aim to illuminate the workers who keep this industry thriving. Enjoy one-on-one conversations with me and guests by watching along on the Ganjapreneur YouTube channel and follow our social channels to keep up with the latest episodes. Have a great day. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and thank you for listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of Gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Uh, today, I'm joined by T.J. Studer. He's the founder and CEO of My High, a line of water-soluble, calorie, and sugar-free THC powder stir sticks. Uh, this is a product that I'm really sort of uh, excited about as somebody who doesn't really consume uh, much alcohol, uh, you know, and, and have used many different products uh, to try to sort of bridge that, um, you know, non-drinker gap with my drinking friends. So so I'm really excited to have TJ on the show. TJ on the show uh, to let me know more uh, about himself and this product. How you doing this afternoon, man? Very well. TG, TJ, thanks for having I, me. That's, that's yeah, and, and I'm screwing it up already. Um, <laughs> that's great. So, so you know, I'm, I'm really stoked to have you on the show, as I said at the top. And, and as we were talking about before, you know, I don't really drink that much. So to have sort of a product that uh, is water soluble, um, you know, it can be mixed with most anything. Uh, but before we get into all that, man, let me know about yourself. You have a really interesting background. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, in a nutshell, I was a kid born in Indiana uh, that was a cannabis consumer for most of my life. I like to call it the home of the stigma, to put it simply. Not a good place to be a cannabis consumer. Um, left Indiana, grew up professionally at Procter & Gamble, uh, working on a myriad of big brands um, and kind of around the world on different budgets, brands, and marketing of building consumer products. I learned one big insight throughout that entire experience, which brand consumer connections go a lot deeper than a point of sale purchase. And it's, I like to use the example of throughout quarantine, we still wash our clothes with Tide. 
because it's part of our who we are, not how we wash our clothes. And it's that's how PNG thought about building a brand and really how uh, let's call it. I, I grew up thinking about brands. Um, left PNG on a mission to find something closer to home, a product or something that would work uh, closer for me. As I said, long-term cannabis consumer didn't think that was the answer. Believe it or not, despite the green rush and everybody going that way. I ran into uh, some family, uh, close family issues that needed CBD um, and or, you know, any form of cannabis that they could get into and saw light uh, basically in my mom's eyes that she needed a root like a brand, like what I just discussed to open up that that world of cannabis to her. And it's, as I said, the home of the stigma, it runs very deep and people are afraid of this plant that nice branding, that approachability, um, the, the product design for your life has really become crucial to people discovering this plant. And really what I dedicated myself to and all of my skills and, and now I'm in cannabis for the last three years. Super excited to be here. So you, you talked basically, you talked about, you know, at, at your time at Procter & Gamble. Can you tell me a little bit about moving from the more corporate culture at, you know, a, a multinational company uh, to the cannabis space and, and what some of your challenges were? Definitely. Uh, it was a fun journey. I'll say <laughs> it's not as far as it would seem apart. The biggest challenge is really it's been built bottoms up on how corporate structure works. However, it works really well. It's just, uh, let's call it PNG is, they call it proctoids. And you learn exactly how to be a PNG or from day one to the end, which is impressive and it works. And, you know, good teams, strong teams, you get brilliant people across all their roles. Um, stepping out of that, you we walk into cannabis where it's a very differently trained environment of corporate world. Um, however, motivated, ambitious, uh, sticking to the things that work and really focusing on blocking and tackling of getting stuff done, you see a lot of parallels. I'd say biggest challenge is timeliness of meetings. You ask what I'm doing today, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I hope I have at least 10 important meetings coming up after this, but it's it's always fluid and you got to adapt. But I think we share an awesome passion uh, for wellness for consumers that drives us all to work 24-7, work harder than any industry I've ever worked in. And uh, so, again, super excited about the momentum of cannabis, but some of the blocking and tackling we'll still have to work on. <laughs> so you, you had said, too, you know, that, that you didn't sort of, you know, going from Procter & Gamble, you didn't exactly see yourself going into cannabis. So, you know, and you, you mentioned briefly, you know, your sort of personal story. W was there something uh, sort of personally that that didn't that you that you saw sort of preventing you from getting into the space or or how was your, what was your thinking at that time? Good question. I've never answered that one. I'd say, honestly, I never worked on spirits for a reason. Um, I believed in the products I worked on and that they truly brought wellness or some better good to the consumer's life. I saw cannabis like I saw spirits. It's recreationally okay to go out and exit work, you know, throw out some stress, uh, have a party on a weekend, go to a concert, whatever it might be, but it's not a way of life. I don't drink alcohol as part of who I am. It's not something I do, as you said, as a non-drinker. I think we evolved from our 
college days of how much can I drink versus, okay, I'll have a social beverage with a friend or a business meeting, something like that. Um, so I think what I learned through my, uh, my family members and my mom's wellness journey was there's a lot more to this plan. And I was a recreational consumer that didn't see the downside of it. I, I was more than excited to consume cannabis myself, but I didn't see the upside and how important that can be as a product to consumers and really bringing this product into their everyday life. So that's where I really saw it as a career when I learned about the wellness upside of this plant. And frankly, the recreational side is wellness. As I watch states look at medical versus rec, it's a happy hour is wellness for a consumer. It's stepping out of your stresses from the day and getting ready to you know, go into your evening and hopefully enjoy your family time. Whatever that may mean, it's more than getting as drunk as you can get at a bar. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's something that I sort of, I've during my tenure covering this industry, I, I realized that, you know, yeah, I consumed recreationally, I never, you know, had an interest in getting a medical card, but then sort of realized, well, I've been medicating this whole time. Uh, so to your point, I mean, I think even for people who have consumed cannabis uh, for a long time, uh, that we sort of end up there in, the, in that thinking, yeah, sure. if you know what I mean. Um, so I want to talk to you about uh, my high... Um, you know, when when I first uh, saw this product, it, my my the first thing I went to personally as a guy who really loves candy and sugar was pixie sticks, man. Uh, you know, it's THC pixie sticks, and and that excited yeah. me. And then obviously, I, I you know started reading a bit more, and I was like, wow, like this is sort of a game changer in many ways because as a non drinker, I go to the bar, I order a soda, you know, I, and then I have to go out, you know, go outside, smoke a joint, or, or rip a vape, or, or eat, you know. 30, 40 milligrams of edibles before I get in there. Um, and so, so it was something that, that excited me. Um, so, so tell me and the listeners a little bit more about my high and, and what really differentiates it from other edibles in the space. Awesome. Uh, well, and thank you for telling a bit of the story through your own experience, because it's exactly my high, how you said it. Um, and we like to say my high, my way. I am a cannabis consumer who finds a lot of points in my day that are tough to consume. It's products don't fit, as you just explained. I'm out with my friends for a drink, and stepping outside to smoke a joint takes me away from my friends. I miss a couple toasts. I miss uh, some news update, friends pregnant, et cetera. I'm outside smoking a joint. I take that edible before I go in. I'm not high when I get to the bar. An hour <laughs> later, I'm too high, and it's managing that experience. So it's really, for me, it's a product that fits in between all the others for those moments where you can't consume for the cannabis consumer. Um, secondly, and as you get to Pixie Stick, it's that experience for a consumer that differentiates our product and bringing it back to like a cocktail, mixing up a drink at the table when your friends are having a, an alcoholic cocktail or elevating your alcoholic cocktail as you prefer. Um, it's that experience of stirring it in that makes cannabis cool to everybody at the table. And it's, you don't have to separate the smoke. You don't have to eat the gummy under the table. You're back in the middle. Um, lastly is that nano emulsified powder is crucial to that experience. I choose flour as a consumer because it's manageable, controllable. I know exactly where I'm going to go and how far. Uh, that's why I like flour. And I find with other discrete products, it's often tough to manage some of that curve. So with the nano emulsion, it hits in, we say, 15 minutes conservatively. Some of our consumers come back with faster, really like a cocktail would. So you can have one every 30, 45 minutes as you're out um, or have one quickly on the go and you know exactly how far you're going to go. 
So really my high, my way puts that experience back in the consumer's hands to enjoy the product um, at their pace out and about. Well, as I mean, as most people know, and you know, and I know is, is the average edible, I mean, takes 45 minutes to an hour, especially, you know, somebody my size, um, you know, six foot three, you know, over 200 pounds, it can take a while. Um, So, so what type of sort of cannabis consumer is my high aimed at? I know you say, you know, my high, my way, um, you know, but, but for older consumers, you know, generally we say, you know, start low, go slow, you know, start with a little 2.55 milligram edible if you're going to go there. Um, so, so, you know, you, you talked at the top sort of about marketing and brands. Uh, who, who is the end user in, in your opinion uh, for my high? Awesome. Um, a lot of people, I think. Uh, I like to say America drinks, and I want to make that mean something different. Um, and I mean, right now, I have three beverages in front of me on my table that it fits <laughs> into my routine. So it's a water, a coffee, and a juice from my breakfast that's sitting here ready to be infused. I think the target demographic is really somewhere between the non-canna-curious, and I'll explain what that means to me, um, and what we obviously know the canna-curious. Non-canna-curious to me is I live in Colorado, and 75 to 90% of my friends don't go to a dispensary more than once a year. That's concerning for me as a category uh, participant, investor, and believer in the growth numbers behind this category, a developed market like Colorado, and I have a pretty good group of friends that don't see the need to go into a dispensary. And that for me, we get super excited about the current cannabis consumer. We all have friends that say, I don't smoke, or "Eh, I had an edible one time and I was glued to the couch for the next three days. I'm not (laughs) trying that. And I think encouraging that non-canna curious who's seen so many barriers about why to go in dispensary or really intimidation about the products there, um, it's it's approachable, it's branded, it's fun, it's something they can do that's more like other things they consume um, in a beverage and a cocktail. So I think that differentiator for the non canna curious is most important for all of us to share uh, what we believe are the upsides of this category with the new consumer. However, again, the flower, uh, I buy an ounce and I don't look at any other products. I believe this stick elevates that experience in a way that me, as nearly that consumer, um, I put one of the sticks in a water and enjoy a bowl or a joint next to it, really elevating that high to another level from an experience standpoint. And because of that nano emulsion, fast acting, uh, you know, getting the high more elevated than it would have been on just a joint. I didn't even get to the caffeine element, which I should mention, but we do 30 milligrams, 30 milligrams of green coffee bean extract uh, that truly elevate the the experience versus, uh, I think, many disappointments with sativa. Yeah, and, I, and we got, we are going to talk about the the recipe uh, a little bit uh, a little bit later on, but I do want to just sort of touch on to your point that you know I'm I'm one of those people. I mean, I live in New York. We don't have dispensaries, and when I go to dispensaries, I I'm primarily looking for edibles, metered dose edibles, so I know what I'm going to get. And so to have you know a drinkable product which are not or or, or a, a product that can be mixed with drinks in an um, immature market such as Massachusetts that doesn't have, uh, you know, a strong can of beverage uh, presence. I think it's something that I personally, uh, you know, a longtime consumer who, who really does like edibles would, would 
gravitate towards that product. So to your point about the non-canna curious, how overall does your product fit into the canna beverage market, which I said is mature some places, immature other places? Super excited for canna beverages across the board. I think uh, the category speaks to a lot of what I'm looking to, you know, uh, excited about on our product and how it hits the demographic. A lot of them are ready to drink beverages, uh, which I think for a consumer has a place and a time and you know what you want to drink, you know, uh, I'm, I'm at a convenience store in a normal beverage. I pick my favorite juice and I'm ready to go. What our product provides is the ease and convenience of infusing whatever you're drinking, wherever you're drinking, which I think the biggest benefit for consumers is it doesn't have calories and it doesn't have sugar. So if I put it in a water, it's a refreshing water that gives me my dose without anything else. If I want to make a hightail, I can get creative and make whatever I want. So I think as I look across the beverage markets um a lot of them are ready to drink and exciting and i think we'll have a great place in that consumer's refrigerator we're hopeful to be in every pocket in their hats uh behind your ear easy ready to go uh convenient because our consumers are on the go they live multitasking lives everywhere they go i, I i've never heard the term hightail before that's that's new. We, we're we're working on coining it. Uh, the thought is replacement for a cocktail or elevating uh, another mocktail, um, and really my hightail. I, I I like that too. What what do you anticipate or expect the bever- the beverage market look to look like when it's when it's fully mature? Mm. Great question. Uh, I think full spectrum, uh, the markets we look at today, beverages small and growing rapidly. The rationale for that in my mind is they're nascent markets with consumers like me that are hard to convince to change their product. I have my flour in my cabinet. I'll check something else out here and there, but I know my routine at the end of the day. I think the emerging markets are super exciting from you know Las Vegas to New York. Uh, let's call that the emerging side of the country, not fully developed, um, where new consumers aren't used to smoking flour. They don't understand concentrates. They're a bit more connoisseur, whatever it might be. I think the new products and especially beverage are going to have a big way. And then lastly, as I mentioned, markets like that, social lounges will be game changers for cannabis. And it's the fact that happy hour at a cannabis type bar uh, with no alcohol is going to be a new concept that I've experimented a lot with, but I know most of the country has not. That's the most exciting part for me because waking up the next day at 5 a.m. to run and go to work is a new feeling for an alcohol drinker himself (laughs) when you've had a long night out. So it's, uh, I think that's the growth market. And I think it's going to be a much larger portion of the national, uh, national category split. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, Colorado just recently passed social use legislation. Is that accurate? Correct, but it's small and there's a few licenses. And again, in a nascent market, I know how to consume at home. It's bringing me out into the, and again, look where alcohol is. It's everywhere from the ball game to the park to the, you know, uh, kid classes on the weekend. Alcohol has found its way to be our social life. Cannabis is not there in any market with social use. It's separate from what everybody else is doing. Have you had any potential social use licensees reach out to you yet? Not yet. We've talked to a few that are working on plans for the back half of this year in California. Uh, We've only launched in California to date. Uh, 
but writing's on the wall coming very soon. We are talking to some people in New York uh, that are, it sounds like they're going to aggressively move to the lead um, in social use. So yeah. I think things are going to come in 2022 for sure. Um, so I, I have to sort of ask you this question and, you know, recently there's been other products that have gotten uh, a little bit targeted uh, for uh, their marketing practices, we shall say. Um, I'm not going to name names here, um, but uh, you know, you, what your product is essentially, you know, it is a powder. Um, and do you anticipate or have you experienced any pushback for a powdered cannabis product? It's a great question. Um, and nowhere, nowhere you see the, the, the risks of powders. And I know why some of these companies are receiving backlash, at least in my opinion. Um, we try to tailor our entire experience around that beverage delivery and it all starts with our stick itself which is it's it's designed off the mai tai umbrella so mai high you start to see ordering a bar and in a drink it sits nicely on top and looks like an umbrella in your drink um, so really everything we communicate is about infusing safely uh, above 2118 with a medical card um, beverages and really even we stay away from alcohol trying to manage that experience as you said with microdosers learn how you infuse four ounces of water, learn how that 15 to 30 minutes goes, and really learn how it works with your body first. So really, again, we're a wellness-focused company uh, that sees a recreational high as part of a wellness routine. And, and everything we do in our product follows that nature. I've seen some of the others that are going different routes with powders that, frankly, Again, because I believe in cannabis as a category, I believe in the wellness nature. I think we need to be overly cautious with everything we do, ensuring that people are consuming safely. Uh, so as a company, we believe in that. We continue to push. I'd say the biggest backlash we receive is really from buyers and dispensaries that are learning the category and new formats and how the science behind that, uh, the actual powder itself delivers to the consumer. That is an educational curve for the category that we think we can get around with great marketing, a uh, great delivery device that really differentiates versus that crowd. How, how much of, you know, in the three years, you know, that you had said that you've been in this space, how much of that has been focused on educating uh, people about your product? Ooh, a lot. Um, and we do it very simply because we do it via trial. We sell all of our products in, in one singles. So you can try it first and assume it works for you. So biggest for us is check this out. We do it as cleanly, safely, and with this technology very transparently as possible. Give it a shot. And it's a lot of people, like you said, are exploring beverages you know, in the early days, even the more connoisseur consumers, that it might be the first beverage they've ever tried. So it's really experiencing that first stick is what we what we try to get everybody a chance to do via everything from events to sampling. Um, but education is transparency in my book, because I think the category in total is learning by the day. Um, we, we give that consumer promise that we're going to stay ahead of the curve and really uh, vet the right technologies and ensure your experience is top notch. 
So, so you know, talking about the experience, uh, you know, the the we we spoke briefly about the the recipe earlier. Uh, tell me about the process coming up with that recipe, which includes green coffee bean extract, L-theranine, theranine. Uh, I'm not a science man, uh, and monk fruit, which I think is very interesting. Um, your background isn't necessarily in. Uh, food beverage uh, so so tell me about you know your experience coming up uh, with the recipe and what that process was like awesome number one is transparency and know your lane i never try to be smarter than i am and i find somebody smarter than me when you need something <laughs> like formulation um, however it started with an insight and i said i mentioned earlier better than a sativa I'm disappointed by sativas, and I think we all know the, or at least uh, the more experienced cannabis will know the seeds aren't what they used to be, and sativas and indicas are mostly a myth. There's mostly hybrids available, and the mix of terpenes on that plant will greatly affect your experience, especially state to state, et cetera. So a lot of those challenges of flower, sativa, I always find myself grabbing a coffee next to a sativa to actually give myself energy. That's not what you promised, sativa, is what I say as a consumer. Um, so really what we did, we picked a hybrid extract to really capture uh, the essence of that THC nano emulsion that goes into your bloodstream faster, really delivering a more elevated experience naturally. And then green coffee bean extract, which is pure all natural green coffee bean, um, 30 milligrams, that's about a third a cup of coffee. So it gives you a nice social awake high next to your THC. And it's really energizing, productive. It's funny, the influencers coming back to us when they run out of samples saying, I got so much stuff done while I have my my high. Um, and it's this, it's a new category of high. We're saying that kind of uh, asking people to prove us wrong, but it's a different experience versus other products we personally have tried. It's energetic, it's awake, it's social, and it's, it's buildable as you have a couple of them next to each other. Uh, so green coffee beans, the core that you're actually gonna feel. The next one is L-theanine, um, which really is the, anything negative anyone gets from coffee, um, jitters, drowsiness coming down, things like that. L-theanine kind of balances that out. And really L-theanine's balance focus in general on all natural, uh, let's call it brain supplement. So it's a nice, next to that caffeine and THC, keeps you balanced and focused, which a lot are feeling, especially on those longer evenings of enjoying my high. Um, lastly, monk fruit is critical for the no sugar piece um, and no added artificial sugars, et cetera. Monk fruit, I don't know how it was discovered recently. I still need to learn more about monk fruit myself, uh, but I've been using it in everything and anything I can. It's all natural sugar. It doesn't spike your sugars for diabetes. Um, it is it is uh, super fruit that um, we've been missing to sweeten nicely. It's only 10 milligrams, but it gives a nice little sweet refreshing edge on the end um, and keeping that no sugar, no artificials. I didn't actually answer your question. I got all that from Google. <laughs> I started with literally the insight and I said, what's the best way to naturally do this stuff? And I think it's funny that we work so hard in a lab to come up with com complex, uh, long formula cards that the consumer can't understand. And that's how the consumer actually finds wellness. So for us, we're starting very simple. THC is at the center of our product. Everything else is to help 
that feeling along. Um, but innovation path is strong, and we're planning on doing uh, minor cannabinoids, uh, other formulas, terpenes, et cetera, to really bring different moods, different taste profiles, and whatnot to my high. So it's just a start, but start with energy. Is, is there a particular sort of terpene that, that you're ex more excited to work with or, or a specific cannabinoid? I mean, you, you, you seem like you, you've done a whole lot of, of thinking about this. <laughs> lots and lots. Um, I'm excited for cannabis. I mean, it, it, the what we don't know is what I'm most excited for. Uh, I'll give you an example on the terpene front. We study about 40 terpenes um, out of over... I, I'm not even going to quote a number. I've heard over 100,000 as the safest number, I'd say, known terpenes on the planet, um, most concentrated in cannabis as a plant. So it's for me, it, what was destroyed over years of stigmatization and prohibition of cannabis is too sad to think about and what's yet to be discovered because we've only really started researching the depth of this plant um, is, is too much to dream of and really crafting that experience with some of the scientists who actually do the work behind me being a Googler <laughs> with insights. Uh, there's huge upside and it's just really tailoring that experience uh, up to fast acting and long releasing. That can do it 15 minutes by 15 minutes where you're going to go all via the stick. I'm, 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 it's one of the, again, I just, I hate to harp on it, but it's one of these products and, and you're just sort of so interesting in, in the way that you present it that it, it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, I, I don't really get to, uh, What's word? I don't want to say excited again, but but I'm not. I'm not, I'm no, normally not super stoked uh, on these things, and and um, you know, so I, you know, now that New York's legal, I, I do hope that it is something I am able to find uh, on the east. Uh, you know, eventually, what states are you most excited about entering? You said that you're right now only in California. Um, what's the future look like? We have a small team that's very focused. Um, California is the largest market with the most brands, frankly, is why we're starting there. We want to prove it against the big guys. And again, that we can grow a cannabis consumer's basket size, the guy who's buying flower concentrates and edibles already, plus a my high as well as drive new traffic into every one of those stores to look at cannabis for the first time because they saw a product like this or see that something that might be approachable to their world. We believe after proving that in California, looking at a multi-state operator that has multiple states quickly, you know, three to five to 15, um, we provide a unique standard operating procedure that gets up and running quite quickly. So it's the patented delivery device of the stick itself, the consumer brand um, that's ready to plug and play into any market and really hit that demographic provides a differentiator versus cannabis. There's, as you say, kind of, and I don't know how to put this in the nicest way. I'm a consumer that loves going into dispensary and I see the excitement of every consumer in there. The products, we got to step it up. It's as I look at the counter and I see one after another of things that look a lot alike and don't motivate me to consume it. It's I love cannabis. I'm happy to buy it because it's something there. But how do I find which product's going to change my life? How do I find the one that if I'm going into quarantine, I need to stock up for a year <laughs> and a half because there's no chance I'm running out of this product. And I think we as a category need to continue to push ourselves that just because the consumer is willing to buy it 
doesn't mean it's our best effort. And we got to push for better and better and better and more innovative. And I, I get excited about as more states come on board, as federal legalization looms, better and better products are coming. And it's exciting to see the innovation for me as a consumer beyond our product. And I say this to all of us as motivation. Um, it's exciting to see new products, new consumption, uh, new consumers. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I really appreciate, you know, your, your insight, uh, your, you know, your backgrounds are very different than a lot of people who enter uh, the space. And you've obviously chosen uh, a very, uh, a, a very successful team, uh, one that one that shares your vision, uh, which which you've clearly stated, and, and I think is, um, is, is, very worthwhile in this space at the very least um what advice would you have do you have uh for other entrepreneurs uh looking to enter the cannabis space excellent i think number one is find what you do best and find how to do it in cannabis i think the world we see in cannabis today is very small portion of what it will be in the future. And I talked about things like social lounges and hospitality. They don't exist yet in cannabis. And I get a lot of people that come and, you know, they do something completely different from what cannabis today looks like, which I felt like that person. I'm a consumer brander that came from PNG and worked on fine fragrances down to detergent. And it's how do I play a role in cannabis? There's no brands, there's no scaled consumer products, et cetera. Ah, this is a consumer product that we need to scale. And it's uh, the industry needs you with your well-meaning mission uh, to come aboard. It's finding how cannabis grows into the world you live in, because it's going to, as legalization comes and as more consumers come on board as part of their daily routine, find what that is and put your all into it. If you really want in, there is plenty of space to grow this category. And finally, my man, where can people find out more about My High and maybe find out more about you? Awesome. Uh, getmyhigh.com, G-E-T-M-Y-H-I.com. I'll probably be in the show notes. Um, is the best place. Check it out. Uh, all of our information we've actually done, my team's done a phenomenal job with the website in our early days of launch. So there's plenty there. Marketing. The marketing is really something That's- special where we start, obviously. <laughs> um, and then come to California. We're starting there, but hey, get that, get out there this summer. It's the summer of 21. People are traveling again. I think we're hopefully past this pandemic. Um, check us out in California. We'd love to hear your thoughts if you get some product. If not, ask your local bud tenders, write your governor, wherever you are on cannabis. We'll come to your state hopefully soon. Brilliant. That's TJ Studer. He's the founder and CEO of My High, a line of water-soluble calorie and sugar-free THC powder stir sticks. Thank you so much, my good man, for being on the show. And I really look forward to one day uh, finding My High in New York or Massachusetts or basically anywhere on the East Coast uh, now that we are opening up. Thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks, TG. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com on Spotify and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, TG Brandfault. <laughs>